When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. And I am J.B. Mosher. And we're here to celebrate <laughs> the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. J.P., how you doing today, man? man? I am doing fantastic. We are kicking off Modern Men of Pop Month. Come on. With Rob's favorite artist of 2021. Yeah. He has mentioned that on, on, a, on several occasions. Right. So good little plug there. So many things I like about Cody Fry, which you will hear in our interview with him. And like so many times, full disclosure, I used all my best stuff in the interview. And I wanted this <laughs> artist to see yeah. our admiration for his work. Right. Uh, Rob, kick off with the track that we're talking about, the best artist named after a hamburger side item take it rob (laughs) run with it play a little cody fry this is thinking about you by cody fry oh man man put on headphones everybody I'm a better dancer with Cody Fry on. (laughs) We all are. It's like I'm living on a cloud. Out here just floating around. So much space. Ah, yes. I got a tendency to move too fast. Even when I don't walk in on grass Someone better hold me back now Slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down But I just gotta know, 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 Come on. Goodness gracious. This song, and we've talked about this before in one of our sort of between season playlist my life episodes, which I know those don't get as many listens. Not as many folks are, are, are hip to those yet, but, um, this song, first of all, from the 2021 album, Pictures of Mountains, which I said previously was my album of the year for, for 2021. Um, and I, and I told Cody in the interview, and this, this holds true. This album was my favorite album since Brandon Flowers album, uh, the desired effect, which came out in 2016, I think, uh, maybe 2015, actually my favorite album since then. And one of my favorite albums of the last decade, it's been a long time. These kind of albums that I just listened to over and over and over again, front to back 
are so few and far between now. Um, this album just kicks all kinds of tail and goes all kinds of different places emotionally. We're going to play you some more of his stuff, yeah. and you're going to hear kind of the range of what Cody Fry does and is capable of. Um, but this song, dude, just grooves for days. It just grooves so deep, yeah. you know? Um, and I've said before that we're living in— I feel like every time I say, yeah, I'm doing the yep from the song. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I've said before, we're living in like a golden age of white boy funk. Mm. You know, we've got, we've got your, your, uh, you know, your Corey Wong's of the world and fearless flyers and Wolfpack and, and, you know, all that stuff. Um, and, and Cody Fry in this context just sits right in perfectly, you know, in, in that sort of groove. He's so good. He's got such great feel, Yeah, you know, and then the songs are great on top of it. Like, some guys can play. Some guys can groove. Some guys can produce. Some guys, yeah, they're arranged. Yeah, yeah, that's. And some guys can write great songs. And he's all of it. Cody's a five tool player. That's good. You know what I mean? I like he that. does it. He does it all. If I can steal that baseball term. Um, it's so. This album, Pictures of Mountains, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, what's What's funny about him? If you go on Spotify. You said we're starting the Modern Men of Pop Month, um, and so typically when we talk about a song, I talk about where it charted on Billboard, the awards it won, blah, 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 blah. I should mention, Cody was nominated for a Grammy this year. That's like, amazing. This is how current, you know what I mean? We talked to a lot of people who are um, who were like popular in previous decades and yeah. sort of are even up to, you might call them legacy artists, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Um, and we've talked to people who were at one point nominated for Grammys, you know, that you kind of thing. can't be any more modern man of pop. Yeah. This is as modern as it's going to get. Literally the epitome of modern men of pop is Cody Fry. So, um, if you, if you go on his Spotify though, what you see, if you go to his, his most popular songs the feel is not what we just listened to. Yeah. We're going to, it's, it is into the other end of what he does super duper well. And it really showcases his range as a writer, as a ranger, as a player. Um, typically was, as we introduce a song, I talk about billboard charting things and, and, you know, uh, awards one and, and that kind of stuff. But for the modern minute of pop month, I'm going to go with Spotify stats because not all these guys yet have taken over the billboard charts in the way that many of the songs that we have covered have done. So, and in modern eras, Spotify is that's man, that's a trophy in its own. Exactly. It is, it is one of the markers, um, that show an artist to be success. It's sort of the, what do you call it? Like the proof of concept. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. it can be your Spotify numbers or your Spotify following. So just to give you an idea, uh, where we are with Cody Fry, this, and, and these numbers are by no means a value judgment or anything like that. Just kind of to let you know where we're, where we are with these guys. Um, Cody has 2,866,443 monthly listeners on Spotify. So Amazing. that's, there's that's a lot of listeners, almost 3 million and, and, and rising. That was as of yesterday before, you know, before we recorded this episode. So it's probably more by now, I'm sure. But, um, that is his, that's just people who listen to him every month on Spotify. After all that Grammy talk. That's right. So a, after, um, and that's not, not counting your other streaming platforms. Yeah. I'm just going with Spotify kind of as the marker. So, um, he has 164,000, 339 followers on Spotify and, uh, his top track is actually, I hear a symphony from the album flying, uh, which has over 84, almost 85 million, uh, listens on Spotify. And that song is significant because it shows the power 
in the modern music world of TikTok. I hear a symphony just took off on TikTok last year, and Cody's going to talk about it in the interview, um, and became, you know, it gets used in these sort of um, TikTok, um, I guess you would call them a meme, really, these these videos that people like recreate and do their own versions of, and they use I Hear a Symphony in it, um, gets you all these plays on TikTok, and then drives people to go, oh, I want that song. Mm-hmm. So they go to Spotify, and they pull the, pull the song in. And so that that song, as we record, is sitting at almost 85 million uh, listens just for I Hear a Symphony alone. His other most popular, the top five uh, on Spotify, would be his Grammy-nominated arrangement of Eleanor Rigby, uh, the Beatles classic, you know what I mean? Which is, um, a, a monster song to begin with. And then he took it and did this incredible arrangement with a virtual choir and, and all this stuff, which has over 28 million, uh, listens his track underground from his latest project. He's got one. So at the time we talked to him, uh, pictures of mountains was his latest he has since done this album called symphony sessions which has eleanor rigmy underground it's got a version of sailboat uh with ben rector um which is awesome oh, i love it so good the whole album is so good um but underground has this i'm just going to play you a minute of it and you can hear kind of this um this other side of him so this is the symphony sessions versions where he went in he does a ton of um, really, really, really great uh, plug-in strings and symphony stuff, you know what I mean, done by done with MIDI and samples and all this kind of stuff. But this is with a live uh, orchestra uh, recorded, I believe, at Ocean Way in uh, Nashville. This track is underground, but it plays track one is called Caves, and it's like a minute and 45 seconds, which basically plays as a prelude to this track underground, okay? So I highly recommend cranking your volume all the way up and listening to them back-to-back, okay? Listen to Caves and Underground back-to-back. Here's how Underground starts. And this is all live, him standing in front of his symphony. His performance is so flawless. Not a light, not a sound. So this is kind of the other side, syrupy, sweet, emotional. um, Okay, so you get this, but listen to how this thing builds, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to the third verse of this, and basically the story is: I woke up underground, I can't see any light. I'm trying to feel my way out to see if I can get out of the darkness, and then the chorus is: He hears in the background. Okay. That's intentional. That's not just a melody. That's what he's hearing in the distance. He's hearing this thing, but he can't, can't see anything. So you get into the third verse and you realize he's found metal. He's like, okay, I feel this metal thing and it's kind of going down. So he's following this metal. And then, then his- a light broke through the black. I was standing on a track. Oh, crap. That little light began to grow. There was nowhere I could go. And the ground began to shake. That little light was closing in. Suddenly I'm floating. Come on, bro. <laughs> Dude. 
Okay, so he just got hit by a train. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's metaphor going on, okay, yeah. but so what's beautiful is you can watch this happen. He's got this, this, the tracking sessions on YouTube and you can go watch it. And it's, you can see when they, when they release the last note, you can feel the room, everybody going, that was it. Dude. Yeah. That was, that take was perfection. The yes. <laughs> like just chills. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And then, and then you, you immediately follow him into the control room where he's kind of overcome with emotion. You know what I mean? It's just fantastic. Cannot recommend enough. So that is sort of, if, if thinking about you is the North pole Uh of Cody Fry, that's the South pole. Right. Um, and he's got sort of everything in between, but the, but the, the musicianship, the songwriting, the performance, uh, is always just top. That's good. So let's go back uh, for a minute to thinking about you. Now that we've kind of introduced you, uh, if you don't know Cody's music yet, now that we've kind of done a proper introduction, um, let's listen back to thinking about you and, and point out some things that we just love about it. First, the opening piano riff, jazz heaven, right? With this little pentatonic flourish here into this gorgeous chord. Boom. That's just tasty as the day is long, right? I mean, that is just absolute. You want to get me hype at any given moment, play me the introduction to this song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I want, to th- I want to throw something at you here. At the end of this prelude, I'm going to call this the prelude. Okay. Because what we get is this little like playful thing at the beginning. And then at the, yep, we get the groove that drops, uh-huh. right? And that's sort of the the real intro that feels like the rest of the, you know, feels like the rest of the song. Okay. But I want you to listen very closely to the last little bit of this prelude and tell me what other song it takes you to mentally. Oh man. Okay. Okay. Dude. Okay. I'm going to play you just a little bit of something else. And see if you see if you if you smell what I'm standing in here. <laughs> if all y'all are yelling it at me, <laughs> out there. I had to search. I it, like I had to search my memory uh-huh. to go. I know this is tugging at me from some other song. Yeah. What does this give me the feeling of? Okay. Okay. You know where we are. Yeah. This is "The Girl Is Mine" by Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson with Paul McCartney. And I want you to listen to the end of this phrase and see if it pulls to you the same way. Right here. Right? Do you feel that or am I making that up? No, no, no. I I get the... I'm not saying it's it's, purposeful or anything like that. It just hits me the same. It gives me the same feeling that that gives me. That's all I'm saying. I would have never landed there because in my mind, those are two complete genre of songs. Like, I don't feel the stylistically, but I get what you're... I kind of get what you're saying. It just makes me feel that... It just makes me feel the same. Just a quicker walk up there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, of course, come on. What what even are the wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Come on, that like fat synth, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a chubby synth. Then we're gonna get into this verse. How simple is this verse melody? Listen. It's like I'm living on a cloud. 
out here just floating around. There's been two notes sung so far. <laughs> I got a tendency to move too fast, even when I know I'm walking on glass. Someone better hold me back now. It's literally centered around one note until that last line. <laughs> Right, it's and then he's a little flourish there. You know what I mean? And then he's got the right. It's got the like here. Okay, here's a melody. If you need something, if that one note is just to give you a little movement. Yeah, just let you know I can write this melody. I just didn't have to. I hooked you without it. That's right. Right, but I can serve it up for you if that's what you need. It's just so crazy, dude. He didn't have to do anything extreme. He's like what and whatever I left out melody wise on the verse. I'm gonna bounce all over the place yes. on the chorus with the slowdown. Yes, that's slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. Right? Uh, it's just. And what's great is that note is not even a chord tone. It's right. So he's he's. In other words, if you're in, um, uh, are we in B flat minor? Is that what we're in here? Actually, we're in A flat. We're in being A flat. Right, we're in the key of so, A flat. Yeah. Key signature of A flat, okay? Because so, that B that D flat major is the four, right? And the F is minor, okay? Yeah. Okay, that's kind of what we're doing. So it's but the the B flat he's hitting is a six over that D flat chord, right? But it's the two of the key you're and in, and it's the two of the key. Yeah. So it's like it's not even really in those chords mm-hmm. because it's going the the you know the chords are kind of moving all over the place. But what we're essentially doing is going. Four, okay, to a six. And he's singing this note over both of them. That's not a chord tone, quote yep. unquote, of either one of those chords. And that six is minor for you guys that are, it's a, it'd be an F minor, right? Yeah, oh, so I'm sorry. Yes, the six chord, yes. Um, and so he's singing, that's the, it's the six of the four chord that he's singing. One, three, five, six, mm-hmm. right? Or the 13, yep. you would say. And then it's the 11 or the four of the six chord. So you've got. Uh, right? yeah, Rob doing so that on his went, keyboard phone. I know, right? Guys, so, this is impressive. So if you're in F minor, you're going one, two, three, four. That, so that's what's singing. Whoops. Okay. That's the note he's singing. So it's not like he's, he, in other words, he's not servicing the chords super on the nose, mm-hmm. right? It's this. So he's like, I just picked this one note. And it's going to work over these chords, yeah. and it adds color to each chord. Mm-hmm. It neither it doesn't resolve yet anywhere. Yep. It's kind of like it's just moving. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the 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 groove is just going. And he's like, "I'm going to sing this note as long as I want to." You know what I mean? And it's he's got you hooked. And then and then you get the 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 crate the cool unison slow down slow down slow down slow down. Which if you're um, so that's if you're counting, if you're playing along at home, that's kind of an F minor thing, right? So it's F, C, E flat, E flat, uh, C, slow down, slow down, slow, B, uh, C, A flat, B flat, F, okay? That's what it is. Okay, that's with my limited piano. Uh, on phone. <laughs> single octave piano on my phone. That's all. I, that's the best I can do for you. Um, and then, like, it just ru- ru- goes back up, you know, with a kind of a lazy, you know, I love that. Um, and then the and then the chorus goes back to that same feel as the verse. Boom. 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 Boom.
come on, musically, this song is just insane, right? And we talked to him a little bit about sort of the inspiration for it. He mentions Anomaly, who, if you like this feel, you should definitely go search out Anomaly. Uh, That's A-N-O-M-A-L-I-E, not spelled with a Y like the normal word Anomaly. Um, But if you like this kind of feel and this kind of instrumentation and groove and whatever, you should definitely go check out Anomaly as well because you will be very satisfied. Um, Do you want to meet the band that played on it? Yes, please. <laughs> let's talk about it a minute. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, let's meet the band that played on this track. Cody actually did a lot of it himself. So a couple just, spots where there's... monster. One of those monsters that we all fear so and this love. So <laughs> meet the band section will be really short. Um, so on bass, um, with the exception of Cody on bass on the chorus, uh, Kevin McIntyre, I can't pick up the tone difference unless separated, yeah. if that makes sense. So there's little places where you can hear them separated that he has online and such, so you can hear it a little bit. I can't tell it. It fits great. Also, uh, Kevin, that is also based on the Ben Rector Magic album, which I love. We've both. Oh, man, love it so much. And he's done some recent stuff with Dave Cause. Um, We got to see him play with Dave Barnes at the Ryman, rocking some white pants a while back. (laughs) Bouncy stage presence. My wife loved watching him play. Um, I was fortunate to get to. (laughs) I was wondering where you're going. Like, my my wife wife loves white pants. pants. Loved watching him play. Um, I was fortunate enough to get. I saw him with Ben Rector uh, before the U.S. A soccer game at the at uh, the where the Titans play uh, here in Nashville, and I got to talk to him for a while. Super nice guy, yeah. super kind, and you always like it when the people that you watch and admire are kind. So a kind guy, great bass player, Kevin yeah. McIntyre um, on drums. Steve Gould plays. Uh, I, I don't know if it's pronounced Risen or Risen drums. Do you know? It's R I S E N. I mean, it sure sounds like, like should, it, it reads like it should be it risen. It should be risen, so. but I don't know. Could be right. Um, pasty symbols, cannabis snare. I've been, sorry, I've been, I've been, we've been corrected by a listener on our pronunciation of it's Pisty. Is it Pisty? Okay. Okay. So they said, make sure next time this comes up, it's Pisty symbols. Okay. And it's Moog synthesizers. Not, not Moog? Not Moog. It's Shut up. Robert Moog. Yes. Shut up. Yeah. Well, hey, we learned the so, more you know. That's right. So thanks. the star I, flying. At this, at this point, that message was sent to me so long ago that I've, I've forgotten who you are and I can't give you credit. But thank, thank you for, you for clearing that, that up. Pisty, Pisty symbols. I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong each time and then Rob will correct <laughs> just because it's it's on autopilot. But thank you for that. Yeah. Um, check out I Choose You by Sarah Bareilles. It's money. He puts a splash on his snare. Um, it's so cool. Mm. So every time he hits his snare, he's got the splash with it. So cool. Shaker in his right hand um, playing while it's really cool. Drummers are amazing. They're awesome. The coordination to be a great drummer is is magical. So check out Steve on that. So Steve, Kevin, and Cody. And there's your meet the band section. Yeah. I mean, that's him. it. So yes. he's so talented. Cody's doing all these synths, guitars. Man. All the, and I, I'm plays pre- different guitars, a telly, a strat. Yeah. There's like multiple guitars that he plays um, throughout this track. And I'm pretty sure even at the beginning of the even at the beginning of the track i'm pretty sure part of the loop that you're hearing is just him making sounds with his mouth yeah i think the stuff that you're hearing in the offbeats that i think that's literally just him doing that into the microphone he's just one of these minds that just this stuff just comes out of him you know and you know a lot of times you'll have somebody when they're when they're doing a 
if they have a song and they're going to add strings to it or whatever, then you, you call an arranger, you Mm -hmm. hire an arranger and they write the string charts and then they, you know, have them recorded. Cody's doing all this himself. I want to be clear. This is not like he, uh, you know, this, this version of Eleanor Rigby, which I'm going to play you uh, here in just a second. Um, you know, he didn't just commission this arrangement, right. And it's, and it got nominated for a Grammy. He wrote this arrangement and, and, tracked it all and blah, 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 and had hundreds of people send him in parts to form this virtual choir, which I'm so mad at myself that I didn't get included in. Yeah. You could be on a, uh, on a Grammy. Yeah. You know, so, like, you know, so I, I just, I just got lazy and just didn't submit it. I, and so whatever, whatever. So mad about that forever. Um, but yeah, let's listen while we're, while we're on it to the, the Grammy song, uh, Eleanor Rigby, Kind of a different take, not entirely, you know what I mean, but it's got some different spots. A couple of different chords here and there that you, that you might be used to hearing. One spot in, in particular I'm thinking of. What I love about this is it's got this sort of cinematic intro, right? It would You would see like a chart off Winkler production, you know what I mean? In cooperation with Disney Studios. Yeah. And then the first time you hear vocals come in, it's this overwhelming yeah. grand thing. Yeah. Little motif there, and that was all the lonely people. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it literally is like he's setting up for a movie. Come on. I mean, it's just it's just it's so dramatic. Perfection. It's so great. That's awesome. Uh his song I Hear a Symphony off the Flying album, which is the the what was your first Cody Fry album? It wasn't Flying. Flying. It yeah, was okay. Yeah, it was Flying. Um and I listened I probably listened to Go more than any there for okay. a while. Okay. Um love that. That was in my top songs played for last year the way it landed okay. even though it's older yeah um I, I listen i still listen to that album more than pictures of mountains i love that yeah. album um flying great album and that was the first first exposure i had to cody because i'm gonna i'm gonna this is gonna come off like a big time thing that i'm trying to say here <laughs> um and whatever maybe it is um but i, I i'm friends with the guy who mastered the flying album. Uh, his name is Nathan Dantzler. My band used to work with him way back in the day. He spent countless hours and got paid literally less than pennies to work on a record and did it <laughs> mostly out of the kindness of his heart. Um, but, um, so he posted after he mastered it, he's like, this was an incredible, you know, thing to get to work on, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I went and checked it out and went, holy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, wow. Um, and so it, it, if you if you love Cody's stuff now, make sure you go back because so off the off the flying album, uh, I hear a symphony is the song that blew up uh, on on TikTok and um, it it pushed 
that song's presence on Spotify and streaming platforms into the number two spot on the U.S. Viral 50 chart and top 10 on the global um, Viral 50 chart just from TikTok exposure. Like, it's a whole different world right now, you know what I mean? But um, a couple of um, noteworthy tracks on that one. I love Go, as you said. Let's play a little bit of Go. Yeah, play a little Go. Pop goodness. How would you characterize his voice? What does his voice feel like to you? When we get up high, won't look down, won't look back. Jello. Well, all right. He's got an undeniable chorus, dude. Yeah. That song could work in pop music. That song could work in like modern country. You know what I mean? That awesome. could be a country smash. Um, I think my probably my favorite song on that one is Better. Better. Which is technically oh, track yeah. two. Yeah, with Corey. Corey on guitar. Yeah. Done. Anyway, it's still more, more pop vibes. But the great thing about Cody is he gives you this great pop stuff, funky Man. stuff, and then he gives you the 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 you know the syrupy sweet. Um, stuff in these fantastic arrangements. Um, I want to highlight just a little bit more of the Pictures of Mountains album because I, I love it so much. I just want to play a couple of clips. Absolutely. Get you into some things. Um, let's do Photograph is one of his top songs on Spotify. Absolutely. Let's play a little bit of a Photograph. It's the evening light. And I'll tell y'all to watch this video. I think we've talked about it. Like the video, the way it's captured is perfect with this yeah. one. Time before the night. This melody is just when everything is golden. You're sitting on the chair. I think maybe wrapped inside. I can't say this for absolute certain, but this song I think maybe has my favorite moment of the entire album. Okay. And that's saying a lot. Which is which is I need some way to prove that this was real. Yeah. The the like middle section of this song. It's so full of emotion. Play it for you. Hang on. Oh, just, just shoot me. I can't handle all the emotion on this track. You know what I mean? So let me play this middle. That line just <laughs> destroys me, dude. Come on, bro. Just the emotions are overwhelming. <laughs> and so then you get all that stuff. Um, London, I just love the song London. But okay, then track seven 
uh, has this beautiful, it's like a combo song. Love a good combo song, right? right? Some like when you have a title of a song that is one word slash another word, yeah. I know I'm going to love it. It's almost <laughs> guaranteed that yeah, I'm going to love it. Where like your, your like spin doctors, Shinbone alley slash hard to exist. Yeah. That kind of thing is immediately <laughs> appealing to me. Um, so you get this, you get this wonder anymore slash dunes. Wonder Anymore is dope. Like, this song feels amazing. You hear it at first and you go, okay, I I know where we are here, Uh right? It's got this piano thing. This makes sense. And then it just takes off. Oh, oh, what are we doing? You know what I mean? You go, oh, oh. I did not predict this yet. Right? And then it goes even farther. <laughs> You're like, oh, I can dance to this. I did not expect to be able to dance to this song. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and even that, just the emotion of that, like, haven't we all felt this, you know? Now we're going next level. Come on. Jeez. So then we, we get this song that's just dope to begin with, right? And then once this song fades, we get this incredible instrumental section. He takes off on this piano, like kind of dissonant. I love that. I do too. And we get this. a monster okay it's an outro right no no Nuh-uh. no, no, no. <laughs> oh oh the beat's not finished oh we're going somewhere still this is so good You just can't, I mean, I just can't Take do. that hard to say I'm sorry and to get away. <laughs> yes, right? Exactly. Yes. It's a, My God. It's modern day Chicago, folks. It, it is. is. It's yes. so wonderful. My, man, that's, fa- so anyway, this this album, dude, Skipping Stones and Fireflies, uh, uh, just give me a break. <laughs> the, um, the gamut of feelings that you will feel while listening to this album I don't think it can be overstated. <laughs> Cody Fry will give you feelings. That's right. <laughs> if you hear nothing else that we've said today, just if you want to feel some feelings. If you want to feel feelings. Go Cody. listen to Cody Fry. Cody Fry okay. will give you feelings. Yes, okay, absolutely. So, so obviously Rob is the knowledge of all things this album and all things Cody Fry. But let's see how well he does on Stump the Genius. Okay. Uh, play the jingle and I'll t- we're going to do Stump the Genius Fry edition. Uh, here we go. <laughs> listen. Gamer. If, if, it's one thing that Rob knows. It's that's right. Pictures if, of mountains, Cody Fry, and French fries. That's here, right. Here we if go. we're talking about starch, I'm about to ace this. <laughs> Game on. Play the jig. <laughs> stump the genius. Stump the genius. Stump the genius. It's time to stump the genius. Jump up and take your part. 
I'll take your part. All right, we're going to play Stump the Genius uh, French Fry Edition. <laughs> Remember when they were named Freedom Fries for a little bit? Come yeah. on, that was kind of a fail. I think it was Toby Keith's fault. Uh, that's right. Anyway, okay. okay. Uh, I was going to do all true-false, and then I was like, nah, let's just kind of mix it up a little bit. Okay. So here we go. Um, number one, Thomas Jefferson brought fries to America. True or false? Oh, wow. Uh, Didn't well, think I was going there, Fry. No, I, I thought you were like, who's got the curly fries? That's I was right. going to be like, Arby's. Duh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to say Thomas Jefferson, known Francophile. I'm going to say yes. At, during, ring. Hey, Boom. There we go. His chef and slave at the time, James Hemings, made them for him. And then they returned when they returned from France, he's like, dude, he's like, let's make those French fries. Okay. Let's bring them to America. Okay. So there we go. Thomas Jefferson, one for one. Number two, McDonald's sells one third of all French fry sales in North America. True or false? I'm going to say, yeah. That is that true. Right. 7% of all potatoes in the U.S. end up being McDonald's French fries. Wow. That is crazy. One third of all French fry sales at McDonald's. So good. Yeah. So, which of these is not found in French fries? Okay. Vitamin A, vitamin B6, vitamin C, magnesium, iron. I can give them to you again. Vitamin A, vitamin B6, vitamin C, magnesium, and iron. I'm trying to think of what I feel after I eat French fries, you know, vitamin-wise. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I'm going to say, okay, mm, wow. I Okay, the temptation is to say vitamin C. You think vitamin C, you think uh, citrus, yeah. right? Uh-huh. You go oranges and you go, surely that's not in yeah. fries. I'm going to go a different direction, though. I'm going to say iron. Is okay, not- vitamin A Darn it. is not so healthier than you think. Go yeah. get up some French fries. You get Full your, of vitamins. Get your B6, your vitamin C, magnesium, and iron. Just that's go a, out there and grab that's some. That's why it feels so good to go get French fries. Let's go get when some not, healthy fries. When you're not feeling good, it's comfort food. That's right. because it's, it's really full of vitamins. <laughs> Which made... I am so full of vitamins. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who made the first French fry vending machine? Oh, Okay, there was a French fry vending machine. Okay. Was it made in China, Australia, or Amsterdam? Wow. I was going to assume Japan just because that sounds like such a Japanese thing to do. China, um, Australia, or Amsterdam? Australia or Amsterdam. I'm just wild guess. I'm going to go Amsterdam. Australia. Wow. Okay. okay. Since 1982, they've had something called Mr. French Fry. Okay. That's a vending machine where you can get French fries. Sign me up. I had sold, right? Let's go to Australia. How do I become a a, a Mr. French Fry we, vendor? We you know, should like message a, uh, David Sterry yes, over there from, real, right, from life real Life and yeah. be like, hey, man, send us a know- bank. Where can we get a sponsorship with uh, Mr. French Fry? Yeah, do you know anyone in the French fry industry? That's right. I'm ready to become a, a French fry. Uh, hey, who's our listener that likes the Australia? Who was it that, that suggested? Oh, um, um, Gary Rockliffe. Gary Rockliffe. Have yes. you ever had anything from Mr. French Fry? That's right. Yes, let us know. Gary, Gary let us know if that's real or yeah. if this is all falsified on the internet. <laughs> Number five, which has more fat in fries? Okay. Okay. Thicker cut fries or thinner cut fries, which has more fat. Okay, so I would say like per ounce, right? Like if you weighed them out, 
I would say there's less potato and more crust in a thinner crust in a thinner fry. So I'm gonna say thin fry. It is thicker because of the mushiness inside. Okay. There is more fat in there. Okay. So there you okay. go. I was thinking of Rob the, came out the like gates two for two, man. was killing the fry game, and then uh man, we took a turn. I should have wow. kept it all true false wow. and you would have ran the game. No, no, no. I, I like to be challenged. That's you know, good. I like it's to be good challenged. Guys, you're gonna love this interview. Super props to to uh, Cody for hanging out with us. Right. It's a lot and of fun. Honestly, I don't know if we're going to be able to leave this in the interview or not, so I'm just going to say it, and then if it le- if it stays in there, then you get to hear it, uh, but I'm just not sure if I'm going to have to edit around it or not. Um, but Cody got a door delivered to his house <laughs> while we were mid-interview That's right. that wasn't his. Yeah. Like, he Great didn't story. order a door, but while we were while we were talking with him, you may hear it and you may not. Somebody just shows up at his door with, with a door, a door, and they're yeah. like, "Here's your door." And he's <laughs> like, "I didn't order a door," and they're like, "Well, here it is. It came to you." And so, uh, hopefully, I can find a way to leave that in, and it makes sense. But I just want to let you know, you may hear Cody being like, "Somebody just tried to give me a door." I yeah. don't know what happened. Um, <laughs> Yeah. By the way, I, I, we'll, I, I got a question for you at the end. All right. Okay. We're going to go talk to Cody Fry. We'll be back at the end to tuck you in. But in the meantime, stop what you're doing right now. Okay. I don't care if you're performing CPR on somebody, put them down. They can wait. They can wait. They can, uh, yeah. No, I'm going to stand by it. They can wait. Stop what you're doing right now. Go on social medias and follow us everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all at Great Song Pod. You can be part of the Facebook group, Great Songs, and the great people who love them greatly. Or if you want to go the extra mile and be part of supporting the show, helping us to produce the show, you can join us on Patreon. And uh, for just a few bucks a month, you can help us to do more and go further and be better with the show. And we can in turn say thank you by giving you things like bonus shows, early release, extended shows, uh, and all kinds of other ways that we can find to say thank you. So if you want to be part of the extra mile club that's not really a thing uh, <laughs> but you can be part of the patreon producers how about that at patreon.com slash great song pod we're gonna go talk to cody fry we'll see you again in just a second this is the great song podcast ladies and gentlemen as promised we are here with the multi-talented uh cody fry thank you so much for joining us today cody on the great song podcast real pleasure to have you i'm so glad to be here uh, I, I mentioned casually that I've really just sort of been, uh, binging the new record pictures of mountains. I've listened to it a whole bunch of times. And, uh, <laughs> it's one of those that like, it's rare for me to find a full album. First of all, JP and I are both album guys. Like we, we listen, start to finish. Like with, I love yeah, that. and it's the way we do it. And so to the, till the day I die, I will beg artists to make good full albums. And so, uh, to find an album that my wife and I will both listen to front to back on a road trip or whatever is really <laughs> rare. There's been like two in the last 10 years and pictures of mountains is one of them. The others would be, uh, the other would flowers, be branded but... flowers, the desired effect. And so okay. these, these are our now you've made it to our official road trip uh, <laughs> album playlist. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I love that man. Such a, such a great record. Um, and I, we're going to focus our episode on, uh, thinking about you, but we're going to talk, okay. you know, kind of, kind of the whole, you know, whole things about the album and literally right before, right before we start recording JP's like, you know, he's got like a 20 minute breakdown of thinking about you on YouTube, right? <laughs> which like, is wonderful, no. which I watched there and Rob's like, what? Cause Rob's like, I wonder what chord, like he had a question about the chord. I was like, well, I think it's this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a D flat major nine, but, but I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> he's going to ask anyway. Oh, oh yeah. Anyway. We could, we but, can uh, cover it all. <laughs> so let's, let's start with this. Um, 
my, my literal first thing, I'm just, I was just listening to a bunch of music, trying to come up with some, you know, some good questions to ask you. And the first thing that just my fingers led me to was who in the world made you this way? Uh, what, what was the, what was the musical diet that you Cody, grew you up on? You clearly have a lot of issues and we just need to figure out where did they come from? Uh, no, that's a great question, man. I think like, uh, you know, I'd be remiss to, if I didn't say that my father is a musician, he's an orchestral composer. And when I was oh, wow. a kid, he was a jingle writer. And so I kind of grew up with the whole kind of studio in the house thing. Um, and because he was a jingle writer, uh, he was always having to do things of different styles, right? So like yeah. for McDonald's, he needed like a kind of a kid's cartoon vibe. And then for a banking company, he'd need like a very serious classical vibe, you know? And so and and he was so excited about all these different types of music all the time that I never really developed into like a <laughs> like an actual genre that you could, you know, point to like that's what I love to do. It's just like I my my father taught me how to appreciate all sorts of different types of music and so like it's I think that kind of is what comes across, you know, I just can't like pick a lane. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's his fault, but and and my fault now. So Thanks dad. Well, yeah. that, that's awesome though. That that really helps me explain because I, you know, I listen to um, you know, listen through an album, you definitely get sort of I I hear sort of two Cody's, you know. Uh and obviously it's all it's it's all you but that but I definitely hear a, a, a different shades, right? But there are some that are right. more obvious than others. You've got you know, your really funky stuff, um, you know, like this or like Better off the Flying album, you know, uh and Good heavens, dunes uh, off of Pickers of Mountains. <laughs> oh man! Uh, but like, uh, it, but then you get, you know, then you get Skipping Stones of Fireflies, and you know what I mean, stuff like that. That yeah. is just Photograph. really, <laughs> yeah, photograph, yeah, and even Pictures of Mountains, London. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the list goes on. Yeah, is that something you intentionally like foster? Um, shoot, literally, someone just showed up at my door. Go I really for it. want to answer this question. I'm so sorry. You got I'll it. be right back. You're good, man. Okay, you guys, I'm sorry. It's all good. good. <laughs> that wasn't even the person that I needed to let in. Oh, nice. So I go to the front door, and there's just a guy with like a full size door, just like <laughs> sitting there, like, you order this door? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't think so. Like, I, and so I'm like talking to this guy and he's like, wait a second. So this is, I, we got the address here. This door is for you. And I'm like, we don't need, I didn't order a door. We have all of our doors. Like, I think I would know if we were missing a door. Wow. And so I just had like the weirdest interaction with this guy. We, we paid him to do that. We're yeah. like, that'll be our way out. If, if the I'm so sorry. If the interview's so, bombing, we'll just uh, send the door guy. Yeah, that's Gosh. just our door guy. Don't mind him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're. Uh, I was asking about: Is it something that sort of uh, duality, or uh, you know, I don't want to oversimplify it, but that sort of um, fluidity in your style? Is it something you you're like I'm I'm intentional about this, or is it just a natural extension? I don't think it's like intentional as much as it is that <laughs> my problem is that I just get bored really easily, <laughs> and so. I think if somebody was like, "Yeah, man, we need an album of twelve songs from you that are all kind of the same," I would just be like, "Well." I'm going to go into banking or something. That, <laughs> that just like does not sound enjoyable to me. I, you know, I heard Jack White say one time, he was just like, stop like trying to make the song something you want it to be and just 
figure out what the song itself wants itself to be and just make it that. And so for me, I'm like, if I write like a 1950s jazz thing, I'm just like, why fight that? Just like lean into it and have a good time making that. Yeah. And, and so I think it's less of like an intentional, like I want to be eclectic and more of just like, I don't really think I could do it any other way. (laughs) So Yeah. Okay. I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people discovered you on American Idol. Um so I you know have, was watching back through it and I know on somewhere over the rainbow I thought where you'll find would be the high note and then you like <laughs> took me into the stratosphere so I did not see, see that coming. If you get to tour with either you open or they open for you, Keith, JLo or Harry, who do you pick? Which who's your pick? Oh, Harry Connick. Okay, easy. Rob guessed that. I mean, uh, I love Keith and JLo, but uh, I think, you know, Harry's just, he's such a musical person. He just, you, you can just feel it when you talk to him. And so, and I also just think like his fans, my fans, we could probably have some stuff to talk about. So uh, I think that would probably be super enjoyable. Also, if you've, if you've never seen Harry Connick like play the piano for real, he's crazy. Good. Nasty chops. Yeah, one, one of my favorite clips of him is that thing where he was playing on like a morning show or something, you know, and people are clapping off beat. Have you seen this? They're clapping on one and three instead of two and yes. four. Yes, and he switches. He switches. He throws yeah. in a measure of five four <laughs> so that it makes their clapping right. That's just awesome. off he line. turns it back around. Yeah, Man, that's so cool. brilliant. Um, okay, so so tell us about thinking about you. We're we're focusing on that one this week. Uh, tell us about the song. How just sort of start to finish what the inspiration was, you know, the process, all that good stuff. And then I'm going to ask you about some chords. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I hope I got my chords right. (laughs) Uh, so a lot of my music comes from like, you know, I think a lot of artists are like this. I listen to music as much as I can. Um, and like, I'll hear something and just go like, wow, that's really cool and sounds super fun. And so that happened for me with this record, uh, by Anomaly, the artist. Yeah. If you've never checked him out, he's incredible. Monster. Um, and just like his sense of like the way he uses chords and bass notes shifting underneath chords really in a unique way. Uh, and just like the sound of like the synths and the, the funkiness of, I was just like, man, that just sounds like too much fun for me not to at least try. <laughs> uh, and so I kind of like, just one day I kind of was sitting around and playing with that prophet synth and like just kind of came up with that thing and put some drums over it. And then it just kind of became like what it was. And, uh, for me, I was in this stage where I had written a bunch of like, you know, slower ballads and kind of like straight ahead pop things like Vegas and like, you know, stuff like that was more geared towards like Spotify single world. And so for me, I I wanted to like have like a refresh where I could just like, kind of let loose a little bit and just say like, all right, you know what? Like I can do more than just like write four chord pop tunes. Like let's, <laughs> let's do something crazy. Let me just like flex all the muscles I got from uh, that freaking Belmont college degree and just like, let's go. All right. I paid so much money for all these jazz chops. Let's use them on something. Yeah. yeah I love the, that you showcase your keyboard skills but also you play three different guitars in there too like you're playing a telly a strat and so three different guitars in there too uh, i thought that yeah, was cool. I, I love that video where you explain everything you do with the chromaticism and pop music and the little boy alter the little alter boy and the robot yeah, yeah there's yeah. like so much in that that was great <laughs> Yeah, it's super fun to produce stuff like that because, you know, you can just kind of try wacky stuff and see what sticks to the wall, you know. Um, and I also should mention Steve Gould, drums, Absolutely. and Kevin McIntyre on bass. Just Abs- 
putting on PhD level clinics. You know, it's really for those really of you guys something. that don't know who Steve Gould is, he did. Uh, he's on I Choose You by Sarah Bareilles. It's my, and Kevin. We saw Kevin this weekend because we saw Dave Barnes. We went and saw Dave, and he played. With That's Dave right. At the Kevin Ryman. played at the Ryman. He yeah. did rocking those white pants. My wife loved his stage <laughs> presence. Thought he was so cool. Yeah, but talk there. talk about the bass part on this track because you play a little bit of bass in it because you played the demo right and you're in the I chorus. I did. So talk a little bit yeah. about that. That's so cool. So you know I'm a little bit of a control freak, and so I like to just kind of. <laughs> demo out everything as much as possible because you know the goal for me is to make the instrumentalists that I'm hire that I'm hiring uh to give them the best shot to do their best work and sometimes I think like if you leave things too open the instrumentalists have a hard time honing in on what the end goal is and so it helps for me to say like this is where we're at this is what we're after um so like focus your energy here and then like here are the spots where you can really step out and do something cool mm-hmm. um and Boy, did Kevin ever do that. But yeah, I did play uh, bass, you know, on the whole song initially. Um, and I liked it. I thought it was fine, uh, but I, I thought it really could use somebody who could really take particularly the verses into like a a more grounded place. And if I didn't, I don't think I did this in the behind the scenes video, but if you heard the demo verses versus the Verses that, wow, too many uses of the word verses. <laughs> so many verses. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you hear those back-to-back mine versus what Kevin played on the verses, it's so much funkier with what Kevin did. Really? I mean, he just he just brought it, man. It's so good. I can't tell the tonal differences until you isolated them. Like they sound, right, yeah, yeah. You they get lost in the mix. It's That's awesome. Well, it is bass after all. No, but you can't really hear it anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> Especially when people are just why is 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 one of the most irritating things about making music uh, the fact that like people just walk around and listen to it on their phones up in the air like you know what's amazing man is I've come to the terms with that and I do mix tweaks on my phone speaker now I like when I get mixes back from <laughs> mixing engineers I'm like how does this sound through my speakerphone because that's like that's where how people, people experience listen. stuff that's yeah crazy uh, and so I think like man. You know, it's a bummer because, like, I, you know, I want everybody to have a hi-fi system and experience what things like really sound like for real. But at the same time, you got to meet people where they're at, man, yeah. and make sure that it's crushing no matter where they're <laughs> listening to it. It's good, man. That's wild. It, what a what a weird thing to have to think about. You know, you th- you think about like I don't know Sinatra or somebody like having to think about yeah these little tiny <laughs> yeah. people are going to carry around these little micro speakers everywhere. You know, he'd be like, get away, get out of here with that. It's wild, man. Just so strange. Uh, okay, I chords. do want to ask you about about uh, just the chords on the chorus that we're getting on that. Okay, because like I've got a really good ear, I can't pick those chords out. <laughs> I, I just I just can't do it. So I need to know for my own personal edification what those chords are. Oh man, I wish I had like piano I could play right in front of me. Basically, it's just. You know, a D flat major seven to an F minor. That's like the most simplified that's version broad, of it. Yeah. Um, but basically, the way I wrote it, and this is kind of the way I do a lot of funk stuff, which is I wrote the bass line first. So I put the drum groove mm. down that I could play over top of. And then I just came up with a bass line that I thought was cool. Yeah. Um, and then I just superimposed the chords on top of that. Nice. Um, and some of that, it was a lot of trial and error for me because. I wanted to capture that sort of like chromaticism 
without it being too overbearing. And so there were some versions where it was like even more kind of like out there and some versions where it was more kind of like inside. Um, and I ultimately basically just went with a version that had this one chord where it kind of goes to this like half diminished thing in the middle of walking up to the F minor uh, that felt like it gave it enough of like a kind of perky rear to the side, <laughs> but it's not, it's not so much that it sort of like overwhelms the general chord structure. Yeah. Um, the weirdest part about the chord changes is that the bass kind of like lands on a B flat, even though the tonality is an F minor, which is not something I would have done if I had been writing it down on paper, if that makes sense, because it just doesn't look right, but it feels right. Yeah. Yeah. It feels amazing. (laughs) And so, and for me as like a, you know, I was studied composition and all this stuff. And so like, when I see that stuff, I'm like, that should not work. Why does it work? (laughs) And I don't really know. I mean, like I can, I can tell you the theory as to what it is, but I don't know why it feels right. If that makes sense. Like I understand why it works, but I don't know why it feels right because it should want to land on that F F, you know, in the base, but it doesn't. I mean, it eventually sort of kisses it on the way down, but like, you know, it's, it's a strange thing where it just feels good, but it isn't quite right. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. I know you're uh, you're from Northfield, Illinois, correct? Are you yes. a, are you a fan of are you a Cubs fan, Bears fan, Bulls fan? What's your uh, what's your Cubs team? fan? Cubs fan. Uh, yes, used to take the train and watch games at Wrigley uh, on a pretty regular basis. Um, a lot of my friends would get tickets. You know, like I was never a caddy, but uh, a bunch of my friends were caddies, and so they would like the golfers would just be like, hey, I got season tickets. You want to like go to the game I can't make That's tonight? Awesome. And then I would be like, yes, let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Me and Rob yeah. are both Braves fans, but I grew, oh, up, wa- I see. But I grew up watching the Cubs because they were on WGN. WGN. That's right. Yeah. Well, I grew up in the age of Sammy Sosa. So that was like, okay. you know, <laughs> it felt like peak Cubs to me. Although yeah. then we won the World Series. Right. And it was, I cried. It was incredible. I saw, I saw Sosa and McGuire both hit home runs the year of their home run race. Really? I saw Sosa oh, hit one out in Atlanta and McGuire in, in St. Louis. I've been to every Major League Baseball park. I'm a big, big. Are you fan. serious? Yep. That's incredible. Enjoyed. I, I mean, what was your. What was your sense of Wrigley? I, I feel like it it's. Good. I sat uh, in the two hundreds behind home in the shade, which is the smart play if you want to take it in. As much as you want to right. sit in the outfield or on the rooftops, it's the it right. was cool. I enjoyed it. I, I I really did. It was good. Good. Good yeah. vibe. Good. Good stuff. And good I hate hear. baseball. Yeah. Can't stand it. <laughs> we can talk baseball all day, so we have to reel ourselves in. Um, there'll be parts of these where we just kind of blast things that we love about the artist so for a minute I'm going to make your head swell and I'm just going to rapid fire (laughs) some things that I really love so just sit there and act like you we call it the great song podcast gas up yeah here we go go. Uh, (laughs) better is amazing uh, with you and Corey Corey's guitar tone is perfect they're a percussive keyboard and then it turns to that beautiful piano bridge the second keys riff it's awesome maybe the best four minutes and 54 seconds of October 2018 (laughs) Corey's mustache power carries this and so the way you do your live videos at the sound emporium is perfect and then i forgot about want me back i love the way that y'all do the video stuff where y'all face the camera with the guitars which leads into a question and then i'm going to rapid fire some more stuff how involved in video production are you are you like this is kind of the idea i want um go with it or are you like give full control to your video crew oh man uh great question so I am 
very involved. Okay. But I must say, first of all, that the most important thing, period, is hiring super talented people. And in particular, those videos and the photograph music video, which was worked yes. on by some of the same people, um, they're just like the most talented people of all time. Um, but in terms of like, I think that there's a difference between like uh, technical prowess, which is what those guys bring. But then there's like the ideation or the the idea making mm. process of like coming up with the concept and coming up with the ideas of what to do in the video. And that is really something I've never been able to hire someone to do yet. Um, especially back then I, you know, we were operating on operating on like shoestring budgets. Um, and so like for me, I'm, I was the one that like had to come up with all of the like fun stuff. So in want me back particular, like I basically, had to write like a shot by shot list of like, okay, here's what's going to be the intro. Here's what we're going to do when the guitars come in. We'll do the flying V. Everybody looks this way. We got sunglasses. Yep. <laughs> Let's put the T-Rex in the control yep. room. We got the horn cool. players playing cards. Like yep, it's that, that like I, I came up with all those ideas, uh, because, you know, I'm hiring the video guys for one day to shoot the video. I'm not hiring them to spend months figuring Planning out, out the, the video. Gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're basically so just it, running the camera. To capture right. your and, idea. And so their their job is super difficult, but my job is to come up with what the heck we're doing. Yeah. Um and so you know, and I think that like if there are any artists listening, I would say like don't ever let your foot off the gas in that way. Like it is my job as the artist to like make sure that uh, what I like to call like the story is always being honored because when you hire people that have amazing technical prowess, that's like their thing. They yeah. love the lenses, how amazing things look, and that's why you hire them. But it's not their job to make sure that the story is being honored. That's good, right? Mm -hmm. It's that's my job, and so I always have to be there to say like, "Hey, let's like bring it back to what the core of this is about," which is you know, for want me back, it was just like fun, mm -hmm. which is always want it to just be fun. Um, and for photograph, it was more of like a narrative story thing that I had to make sure I was there saying like, "All right, but like, does this really make sense in terms of like?" what we want the audience to feel in this moment. Yeah, right? you capture it perfectly um, in photograph. And I correct me if I'm wrong on this, but didn't you have the video in your mind as you were recording <laughs> it and writing it? I heard that somewhere. You yeah, could confirm yeah, that yeah. if that's true. But Totally. Yeah, it was, it's not something I do like super often, but for whatever reason, like when I was chasing inspiration, writing the song photograph, I just like had such specific images in my mind of like what I wanted the video to be like. Dude, playing um, with your hair is captured perfectly. Like that, that's the moment <laughs> of the video. It's so, so good. My favorite moment in the video is the beginning of the second chorus when the camera finally full, pulls back and we see this like frozen scene and uh -huh. then the lights dim. It's like a painting. You know, I mean, like mm. that's Dakota Dial and Chris Beirudi, the directors that, I mean, you know, I write the narrative, but they're the people who say like, all right, here's how we're going to compose this shot. And it, I just like could not, it looked like a, a painting. It was unbelievable. That's, <laughs> it looked like a photograph. Uh, yeah. yeah, there we well go. Yeah, yeah, there you um, go. I love dueling pianos with John McLaughlin. Oh, yeah, um, your matchup right. and go and human is perfect. And I've never seen anybody use the left hand to palm mute the piano. That might be a common thing, but I've never seen anybody do that the way you do that when you're palm muting inside the piano. That's so oh, cool. Oh, yes. Actually, that might have been a Harry Connick trick, honestly. I might have seen him do that one time. That's awesome. And speaking of palm mutes, I, I have to talk about old friends with Ben Rector with just the two of it. I love it so much. <laughs> Um, so good on that. From the cold, live at LA Studios, Sonical Magic. Um, did you write and arrange the string arrangement for that, for the string parts? 
Yes. So part of my weird nerd thing is that I do all of my own orchestrations for everything. So okay. um, any you, strings, horns you hear on my records is always going to be me. Did you That's tell fantastic. Nico and Kyle to try to look as much as like you as possible with their apparel <laughs> and haircut? Because the three you guys, Nico is the percussionist and Kyle's the guy That's playing acoustic right. guitar. Yeah. And you guys look like you're like, okay, I want you to wear this kind of clothes, cut your hair this way. It's like three versions of Cody. <laughs> Did you intentionally do that or was that accidental? That's my prerequisite for all hires. I'm just like, how much do you look like me? Me and Rob are out. <laughs> yeah. Bummer. We thought we were going to be If I'm ever sick at a show, can you fill in for me <laughs> at the front? Can you play me? <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> oh, that's great. And you get dizzy watching that video with the circuit. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. It's a, it's a, that, man, honestly, that video for From the Cold was like the first time I really, for me, you know, I think I spent like $2,500 on the video all told, which is Oh, dude, it looks like a lot more cheap. than that. That's I know, amazing. I know. But for me, that was like so much money at that time. I forget, yeah. It was like 2011 or something when that, or 2013. And like, but that was the video for me that really like, I was like, oh man, like video as a medium in music can like really be something cool when it's live and being filmed at the same time. And so, how much of that like, really like, was live or was there overdose? The whole thing. That's uh, amazing. Whole, literally the whole thing. Dude, there's yeah. so much going uh, on there. Like, I was like, there's no way that's a one take live thing. I that's- think what, what we ended up doing is the strings needed a little support during the loud section. And so, okay. there's like some MIDI strings that we used underneath just because. Uh, I didn't have enough money to hire 50 people. So, (laughs) Uh, you know, we just, I I used a little bit of cheating there, but really it's just, it's live. That's really what it sounded like. so, so good. That's crazy. It's my favorite stuff to do. I kind of feel like I know this, but when you're producing um, at home, when you're working on stuff and even stuff that makes final album, um, how often are you using an acoustic piano versus uh, plugins? It's really song dependent. Mm -hmm. Um, And in fact, I have never recorded an acoustic piano in my own studio. However, if I could pan the camera, you would be able to see it. But I now have my Yamaha U3 or U1 upright set up right next to me in my studio and it's mic'd up and ready to go. So that is going to be my piano in future albums. But like for, uh, I'm trying to think like, uh, a lot of the stuff I do is Keyscape, which is the Omnisphere mm-hmm. or uh, Spectrosonics plugin. Um, yeah. And then just, uh, you know, it depends on if the piano is really important, I'll go and record it somewhere. Uh, I use Sound Emporium a lot for recording piano. Uh, and for the album Flying, tracked with this producer named Chad Copeland, who's in Norman, Oklahoma, and he has an amazing piano set up there. And so a lot of the real pianos you hear uh, were not actually something I recorded in my studio. Okay. Um, however, going forward... That has all changed. It was MKS twenty on the thinking about you, right? Uh, that was the oh man, I there was a lot of stuff. Okay. I think there was an MKS twenty. I think Keyscape is on there. I think uh, there's the Arturia Prophet, which is like a Prophet like emulation, yeah. uh, and also my real Juno. Well, you can see I've got Ooh. a synth oh. stack over here, and we got yeah, there. We go there. We go piano it's over good, here. Good camera work. <laughs> Great podcast content. People right. can't see any. So of this. we can ooh and ah. Uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, trust us, folks. It looks great. Right. People just yeah, want to know yeah. we're having a good time. That's all. Super <laughs> expensive stuff. Yeah. Uh, as far as um, you know, producing beats, all this stuff, and I, I stupidly left my vinyl copy of Pictures of Mountains at home, uh, so I don't have the credits <laughs> in front of me. But um, it, how, how much of what we're hearing on this album is you, program, programming wise? You know, musically speaking, uh, how much is you? 
Let's see. Pictures of mountains. Uh, so there was a producer who worked on four songs named John Fields, who is incredible. He's a producer out of Minneapolis. He's He actually did a bunch of... Uh, he's he's been doing basically Ben Rector's whole new album, and then also like he did uh, an album with Dave. He did an album with John McLaughlin. Uh, he also kind of like cut his teeth with uh, like Switchfoot and Demi Lovato and the Jonas Brothers and stuff. So he's he's incredible, and he worked on several of the tunes. So on like what I needed uh, on. Uh, our love, like some of the stuff is John, because uh, he's an absolute genius. Um, but, and if you go back and look on my Instagram, I posted like the credits, you know, like there's like a, you can swipe through all the songs and see who played everything. I love um, that you do that at the end that you put like, even on your videos, you put like who plays. Oh on yeah. Which one. And I think, I think it's that's... so important. It's such a bummer that on, uh, on all these platforms now you can't like really read the liner notes. Yeah. I hope that that is changing. Uh, because I think it's so important to give credit to the people that. Because <laughs> really I would have never known amazing. Josh Blaylock, Ryan Connors, Hank Bourne, Adam McF- you know, all those people. <laughs> These from, are great people, yeah, man. Yeah, and they're great. And I'm like, that's fantastic. But I would have never known who they were. So thank you yeah. for doing that. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I think it's super important. Uh, but I think for the most part, with Pictures of Mountains, m- most everything is me, ex- barring like horns slash strings, which I arrange, but. Uh, I don't play them. <laughs> right, sure. I hire people to play them, um, but yeah, with a couple, with a few exceptions. I mean, you'll you'll see. I've, I'm I'm pretty intense with my demoing as well. So even if I generally, even if I hire someone to play something, it's uh, just to make what I did because I couldn't quite play it right. But it's a it's based <laughs> off of what I would play. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that answers your question, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. Who would be a uh, like a dream collab for you, or a dr- or a dream project even? Oh man, uh, I think a dream collab would. I, I could answer this in several different ways. I think other than my, J.P. Mosier and Rob Alley, yeah, like we know that's I mean, a given. Right, right. Like, what's those the, are number one and two. Yeah, obviously, number three. Set, we'll start with three. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, man, I'm really. I really think Jacob Collier, who is like okay. this wonder yeah. kid. Uh, <laughs> British guy has been nominated. Well, and y'all can both play everything, and, so that would be fun. Yeah, yeah well, I can't play like he around. can. That he is uh, crazy. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so I think just like being able to work with him, and I, I think we'd be able to make something fun together. I also like think it'd be really fun to collaborate with like a film composer on track, like okay. Hans Zimmer or something like that. I think it'd be yeah. really fun. Um, and then also just like I really respect dudes like Bonnie Bear. Or Justin Vernon because like he the way he does his music is so different than the way I do my music and so it would be so fun to like collaborate and just see like it's basically like the opposite of my approach kind of and so just to like be able to sit in that and go like how does this even work for you you yeah. know and like learn from that I think would be a super fun experience well we know Bunny Bear does collabs because he did one with yeah, Bruce, Bruce Hornsby, who's our recently. favorite like yeah. Bruce is on our Mount are you Rushmore. serious Bruce Hornsby. Yeah. Bruce Hornsby is my spirit animal oh dude that is- yes. we just became family right <laughs> yeah. there okay this serious question that we debate all the time yeah. are you Bruce and the range are you Bruce and the noisemakers or are you Bruce oh, just- or are you just Bruce solo you gotta pick a side so me and Rob <laughs> debate this all the time you have to pick a favorite family member man I just don't know it's, <laughs> it's hard okay. to say really it's just like when I say he's my spirit animal well, it's like I want to play piano like sure. he plays. Like that's like don't we all? <laughs> and, and it's on all the records. It's, sure. it's, you can't mistake Bruce, man. Yeah, and so it, it's to me that's like so much of my inspiration for the way I play is from 
from him. If it ever goes south in music, you should go into politics. That's the wonderful way to answer that. Like that was perfect. You said it tastefully and kept all parties oh, happy and everybody votes yeah. for Cody. That made me super happy because every time I listen to a, a piano player who I love, you know, once I fall in love with somebody's stuff, then I listen to him and I go, I'll hear something and I'll force myself to go, I bet he listens to Bruce. You know? <laughs> yep. And yep. so, but it's good to know when I'm right. You know, it's good to know. That's awesome. For sure. Um, What's your favorite Disney soundtrack? I asked oh because... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I knew that was going to be a good What one. a question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, no. I, I just asked because, because uh, you know, so much of your softer side is reminiscent to me of sort of a, um, you know, that, that classic era of soundtrack writing. Right. Uh, it reminds me just a lot of, like, the most beautiful, um, what's the word I'm looking for, like... Um, sentimental, you know, yeah. uh, writing of some of those wonderful animated Disney movies and stuff like that. So I, I thought maybe you were a Disney guy. Oh, I definitely am. I mean, Alan Menken to me is like top of the top. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I really think Lion King is, is tough to beat. It's just, there's so much energy there. Um, and Oh man! Also, I was revisiting the other day the Prince of Egypt soundtrack, which is so oh, good. Oh man, yeah. there we go. that tune "Go the Distance," man! Wow. <laughs> uh, is that Elton, Elton John do that? Tim? Yeah, Roberts? I mean, Prince was of it? Egypt. I think I, don't remember. I can't remember if that was Elton the, John. I don't. No. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think it Prince was. I, I'd have to look it up. I'm. I'm not great with names. I know that <laughs> Mariah Carey and Whitney El- Houston. Elton sang John one used of the to play the piano. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, miraculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Man, there's so many good Disney soundtracks, man. <laughs> it's true. Lion King is hard to beat. I mean, that's it's got such a feel. You know, it's, oh, yeah. it's so powerful for sure. Hit after hit. Yeah. Hit after hit. Yep. Hit after hit. Uh, okay, you are you get one song at the Ryman. The entire world is watching. One song. It's just you. Do you go out there acoustic guitar? Do you go out there piano? Do you do ballad? Do you do funk? What's your... You get one shot, one shot, one Man. kill. Ryman, world's watching. Ooh, I think the Ryman is such a specific venue, and I think that this would work. I'd, I'd definitely play, play piano because that's where my that's my strong okay strong point. Uh, I think I would probably play photograph. Okay, I think it mm. seems like the type of room, yeah. and the type of audiences that respond well to songs of that nature. Um, At, that's great. When you finish, do they all stand and applaud, or are they all weeping on their knees? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going weeping on knees. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, yeah, it's, that would either way. I would be happy. <laughs> it's, it's a, it was a tough choice for me between the song "Photograph" and the song "Flying" because I, I love playing okay. both of them, yeah. and they both, to me, like have a similar cerebral quality that I think listeners of that type of venue would really enjoy. That would translate the room well. I was our, so bummed we were supposed to play the rhyme and. Back in oh, March of no. 2020. And, I didn't know uh, that. Man. Oh my goodness. Sweet, sweet COVID. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a problem. That's a, that's a real disappointment. Uh, I, yeah. I think I got one more. Um, I, I need to know, and I, I saw this on your Instagram, but I want our, our listeners who may not follow you on Instagram yet to hear this because I loved it so much. Can you tell us a little bit about um, Skipping Stones and Fireflies? I was just a brittle stone. Buried in the earth alone Wondering if I'd ever leave the ground 
one day a passerby threw me o'er the lake, and I skipped. And for a moment, I could fly. Oh, why? Oh, why? First of all, I almost get mad when I listen to it because I'm like. How is this guy making me care this much about a rock? Um, but it's like, you know, it's like I'm getting emotional over this stone, dude. I don't understand. Yeah, man. Uh, but tell us a little bit about sort of your philosophy uh, and, and how it plays in with, uh, well, I'll just let you tell it. You go. Yeah. So on a lyrical side, it's actually a unique tune for me because I actually wrote the lyrics by themselves with no melody, which... I almost never do. That's not how I write music. To me, a song comes out all at once. It's melody and lyrics together. But this Skipping Stones was written more of like as a poem project <laughs> rather than a song. Um, and on a, on the production side, I was listening to Jacob Collier back in whenever I wrote that song. And I just thought, man, I love the way he layers vocals and it's something I'd been wanting to experiment with. And so I just started going. Um, it was also a unique production thing for me because I'm, I am an arranger at heart. I love to put things on paper, see them vertically mm. and like do the thing. And for Skipping Stones and Fireflies, I improvised all the vocal parts as I was recording. So oh, wow. there's no chart. It's just kind of me layering and feeling like, okay, I need a little more low end here. Ooh, what if we threw like this note in right here and gave it the like augmented five feel. Um, and so like, it was just kind of me kind of shooting from the hip and recorded the whole thing in a couple hours, probably from 1am to 3am. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I, I mean, lyrically, you know, I, I think like I've I said this in one of my videos, but like, you know, I love the character Tom Bombadil in the Lord of the Rings. If you've ever read these books, there's this guy who lives in the woods and he's just like, has all these crazy powers and he just like shows up for a chapter and then is never heard from again. And you're just like, who the heck was that guy? <laughs> and so to me, like every good piece of art, every album needs like this enigma that is never really explained. Uh, and so like, that's kind of what Skipping Stones is for me. It like doesn't quite fit in anywhere else. Um, but ultimately it's the, it's, to me, it's it's a love story. It's the way that like my wife makes me feel, which is just like, yeah, I was just sitting there, and then all of a sudden, this amazing thing happened to me. Yeah. Man, <laughs> one oh, day you'll look back that. and be like, "Remember when those guys from the Great Song Podcast just kind of popped in?" Yeah, that's, a, that's a, <laughs> yeah. we're skipping stones. We're 2. skipping 0. stones. 2.0. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You uh, well, you inspired me a lot with uh, your made it video. So thanks for that. We're gonna keep doing what we do. So appreciate, oh, man. appreciate you yeah. throwing that out for us. That's good. Um, <clears throat> And Pictures of Mountains, I mean, you could pick a line from that whole song, but my favorite's probably, I should call my friends, but I read their posts online. I mean, come on. Yeah. I think that's the best from that. The only one that may compete with me on best Cody Fry lyric ever is the, if I make myself a superpower, I'd make this moment last for hours. What's your, mm. what's your karate chop hi moment that's the best lyric <laughs> I've ever written? What's yours that you're super proud of? You can oh, brag, man. gloat on yourself that's where you're like, really... I killed it. Uh, okay, every time I sing this line live, I always look the audience dead in the face because <laughs> okay. I want people to really feel it. And it, there's a line in the song Flying at the beginning of the second verse, and the line is, Did faith let me down, or did I not have enough? That distinction is tough. 
<laughs> and to me, yeah. Yeah. I just want people to feel that because I'm like, that's that's what I deal with all the time. I'm just like, I feel like I have this like greater calling and purpose. And if it's what happens if it's not happening? Is it because I just didn't have enough faith, or like, is it because my faith has let me down? And like, to me, I just want people to understand that like it's okay to like live in that and just be like, yeah, that's really hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you're looking our listeners right in the eye. That's right. Yeah, however, That's you can right. do that over the airwaves, yeah. and you delivered that. But there is there are a lot of lines in in the song "Pictures of Mountains" I really like too. I, you brought up that one. I, oh, that yeah. one was like a kind of a statement for me of just like what have we become? You know. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, there's one question we ask everybody, Cody. This has been a blast. Yeah. Hope you've had a good time. Um, we no, this is amazing. Super cool hanging out with one of our one of our favorites. Um, we ask everybody this. So you're on tour, um, solo with a band, whatever. You go into a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? And while you're thinking Ooh. of it, I'll tell you mine. Um, I get a yes. Three Musketeers bar. When I was growing up, my mom would say you could have any candy bar you want, and that's the most ounces. They're all the same price, so I'd get a Three Musketeers bar. <laughs> what is your gas station <laughs> snack food of choice? Uh, literally, we we were in a bus, I don't know, a couple months ago. We stopped at a gas station, and I went in, and I bought a king-size Twix bar, Ooh, which is solid. just four Twix bars. Yeah. I don't know why they call it. Well, whatever. Right, anyway, they're not I extra long Twix. or anything. It's like, no, no, no. They're just, it's just it's like, here's some more Twix. Yeah. <laughs> It should be called family size. So you're just yeah. like, uh, yeah. And king size Twix. And if I'm feeling really good, maybe I'll I'll get a a Coca Cola. A, a Coca Cola. That uh, is definitely a Southernism, isn't it? <laughs> Coca Cola. I don't yeah. drink Coke too Coca-Cola. often, but when I do, it's Man, delicious. That's awesome. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. This, you're great. Honestly, you guys are so kind, and I really oh, appreciate you guys Wait. having this. This is fun. All right. Thanks, thanks so again, much, Cody. man. We'll see right, you soon, man. Have a great yeah. rest of the day. See you. This is the Great Song Podcast. And that was the incredible mind of Cody Fry. I do have one question for you. Okay. What's your favorite fast food fry? Uh, I have been... Okay. I'm going to go... There's a restaurant that most... A lot of people may not know. It's called Central Park. Okay. And oh. it's only in East Tennessee, maybe. I don't know. Could be a chain. There yeah. used to be one in... There may still be one in Cleveland, and I know there's one in Maryville, Tennessee. Okay. They're very similar to Checkers and Rally's fries. Yeah. Um, so that kind of uh, dark brown yeah. fry. You Seasoned know I mean? yeah. heavily. So y'all will probably know Checkers and Rally's better, but my favorite is Central Park. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, more common... Probably, you know, the waffle fries from Chick-fil-A okay. would be number two. Okay. How about you? Mine is going to be Checkers uh, slash Rally. Yeah, okay, good. Same good. thing. Good. I'll find any excuse. I'll go out of my way to, you know, I'll bypass other restaurants. When I want those, I, that's... Um, I totally get that because yeah. anytime I go through Maryville, I try to convince my wife, like, hey, can we go to Central Park? Yeah. And it's a sale. Like, yeah. I got to put the sale on because, you know, it's a cheap burger, yeah. whatnot, but I love it. So yeah. good. It's delicious. All right. Let us know. What's your fry of choice? Uh, what is you know where, where are you stopping um what's the what will you bypass a, maybe a better more interesting burger for mm-hmm. to go get somebody else's fries oh that's you know good I mean? what's I like, that. like yeah um so that's that's ours all right thank you guys for listening so much as modern men of pop month uh begins with the delicious cody fry we'll be back next week with another great song and another marvelous modern man uh <laughs> until then i'm rob i'm jp go listen to some music